Hey, this is Gratuitous. Welcome to Music Production Made Simple, the show that focuses on best practices about music production, which is based on FL Studio. If you're wanting to become the best producer you could be, subscribe and listen weekly. You can also check out my courses, which teach you the principles and basics of music production. They'll get you up and running quickly. In addition, I also have books on Amazon and tons of music on Spotify. Always feel free to hit me up at hi at itsgratuitous.com. So let's get into the episode. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 25. In this episode, I want to talk to you about the piano and what is necessary to know as a beat maker. Okay. Your goal as a beat maker behind the piano is improvisation. So if you've been trying to learn the piano uh, by watching YouTube tutorials and they're teaching you from like a classical perspective, or they're trying to teach you other songs and you're trying to learn chords that way, I'll tell you right now, you're learning the wrong way. I will break down, you know, what you want to be looking for to practice the piano in this episode. Uh, I also have a course on this, you know, to learn the piano from a beat maker's perspective. It's called Learn Piano for Beat Makers and Producers. It's been by far my best selling course. Uh, I'll leave the link in the show notes as well as I'm going to be creating a new kind of version two of that course. Now that I've gotten all this new gear, uh, I'll be able to make such a high quality course pretty much on that concept, but I want to go further. Again, I want to break down, you know, what is a piano? What are octaves, chords, uh, you know, scales, what notes you're allowed to play, as well as I want to give you guys examples and things to practice so that you guys can get up and running better. Before we get into this episode even further, I want to talk a little bit about behind the scenes, things that I've been learning. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I use OBS. So it's Open Broadcast Software. And that's what I use to record all of my courses and stuff. It's also what a lot of like the popular streamers use. Um, it's an amazing program that allows you to record your screen. But I actually had um, an AMD video card in my computer. And, you know, doing some research and stuff, I found out that NVIDIA uh, GeForce, okay, so for those of you who don't really know technology and computers very well, uh, there's like pretty much two main video card companies. And in the online uh, PC gaming world, I believe they kind of go by it as Team Red and Team Green, okay? So there's AMD and NVIDIA. So GeForce, NVIDIA, Team Green, they have actually worked together with OBS and uh, it's every... Uh, release after their 23rd release. Okay, so OBS version 23 and forward. NVIDIA actually worked exclusively with them so that you can use the software better with their video card. So I was actually on an AMD, so I was Team Red or whatever, um, and I was actually having some problems with that video card. Like I was able to get, you know, pretty decent quality in my courses and stuff, but I actually purchased a new video card. You know, it wasn't super expensive because I didn't need it for like video games and stuff. I just wanted it so that I could take advantage of what uh, NVIDIA offers with OBS. I installed it, tried it out with OBS, again, open broadcast software. It works flawless. The reason why I tell you that is just to kind of give you guys a little bit of behind the scenes of, you know, what I'm researching and stuff so I can make higher quality courses because this is the problem, okay? So when you go to record your screen, there's two ways you can do it, okay? So you can actually use your CPU to record your screen. But the problem is when I'm recording these courses is I'm using my CPU for my music production, okay? And with music production, it's solely CPU based. And because of that, it's very, very hard on a computer. Now, if I was only working with like a, a small project, you know, let's say three or four instruments or whatever, you know, that isn't too big of a problem to use FL Studio and use your CPU at the same time to like record the screen. But where the problem comes in is when a song starts getting really, really big. 
So you can actually use your video card uh, to record your screen, okay? So instead of it using both the CPU for recording the screen and, uh, you know, for music production, now I can use my CPU just for music production and use my video card just to record the screen. Therefore, it's just, it's just as, as if I was just making music without recording or anything, which is really, really awesome, okay? Okay, so let's get into the episode and talk about the piano. Again, Learn Piano for Beatmakers and Producers, the course. It's, it's, it has been my bestseller. Just check the show notes. Uh, you guys can learn the piano to improvise and really learn what is necessary as a beatmaker. So over the years, I've kind of discovered that playing the piano as a beatmaker, there's a, a few concepts which are fundamental for us, okay? First of all, we need to learn improvisation. So we need to be able to sit at this piano and be able to play whatever melodies over top of the current melodies that we already have laid down, okay? It's essential to be a good beat maker so that you can know on the fly how you can press these keys to make awesome melodies, right? The next thing is we're all about creating catchy loops, okay? And you actually have to train your ear to know what's catchy. Now, this is a little bit of an opinion thing, but... As you start to grow, you'll start to kind of really hear what's catchy and what's not, what's kind of annoying and what's not. The reason why I say that is because, you know, you may create a loop and it may sound catchy for like, let's say a minute or two and you're like, cool. But then all of a sudden the song continues and you're like, do you know what? That loop's actually really annoying. So as you proceed as a producer, you're going to start, you know, realizing what is actually catchy, which, what, you know, what are you going to keep? within that song, okay? So again, improvisation and creating catchy loops. Those are pretty much the two main fundamentals which you need to know as a beat maker. And when you're learning, you know, these tutorials about classical piano off of YouTube, they're only gonna help you so far. And what is gonna happen is you're gonna get stuck. You don't know where, you know, like you don't really know how to jump to that next level. Now, again, I can only break this down so far because you're not able to see my screen, which is why you should check out the course. So if you have a piano in front of you, that's awesome. If not, you don't just look up online or whatever. If you're if you're able to, you know, go on your phone and actually look at it right now. So if you look at a piano, you'll notice that there's actually 12 notes and that's one octave. OK, and then it just repeats. It goes, you know, to the next octave, which and, and how that works. Uh, and this is important to know as like a mixer and a mastering engineer is the octave actually doubles in frequency or it, it halves when you go lower. So for example, if we talk about A4, the note is 440 hertz, okay? Now if we go to A5, that's 880 hertz. So it's just doubled, okay? Now just because you have these 12 notes in an octave doesn't mean that you're actually allowed to use all of those 12 notes. This is because you actually have to pick a key and a scale before you start making that beat. So right there, that is a huge game changer if you're understanding what I'm telling you, okay? So if you type into Google, like Piano Scale Helper, there's lots of different websites where there's a piano, you can choose a key, you can choose a scale, and it's gonna show you what notes are inside that scale. Now, what I mean by that is like, let's say we pick the key uh, A, okay? So we're playing A, but now you have to choose a scale. So it can either be major, or minor, okay? I'm not gonna get too much into that in this episode. If you look at there, you'll see that you have seven notes that you're allowed to play. Again, a huge game changer because the biggest problem is a lot of producers, you know, when you're first starting up, you sit down at this keyboard, you start hitting some notes, and you're like, okay, I got kind of a cool melody. You know, let's say you add in a second melody, and you're like, okay, so I'm kind of flowing. Now you wanna improvise. So let's just say you started with a piano, okay? 
you added in some guitar. Now you brought in like a synth lead where you could really create, you know, a really powerful melody over. How do you approach it? Okay, because if you don't know what I just told you, okay, so again, an octave has 12 notes. Okay, but when you pick a key and a scale, there's only actually seven notes that you're allowed to play, which dictate what notes you're allowed to play. In addition, that also dictates the chords you're allowed to play because those chords have to have those seven notes. And that is honestly as simple as it is. Now, if you want to improvise on your piano over top of, you know, that piano and guitar, like we just said, now you're going to play like that lead. Now, you know, the seven notes you're allowed to play. And again, from octave to octave to octave, it's all the same note. It's just you're either higher in frequency or lower in frequency. And that's really as simple as it is, okay? So if you guys want to learn a little bit more about this without taking the course, you know, again, type into Google Piano Scale Helper. Pick a key, pick a scale, whether it be major or minor. A lot of people say major's happy, minor's sad. I kind of disagree with that. The reason why I say that is because it's really how you play the chords is what the emotion you're going to get out of um, those notes. But once you've picked a key and a scale, you'll see the notes you're allowed to play. Now, it's just up to you to, you know, make a beat out of those notes. Again, if you're going to be playing chords, you have to make sure that those chords have those notes. Now, again, where it can get tricky if you're just first starting up, you know, you're going to be like, well, what chords am am I allowed to play? Well, you can actually go through that scale helper. Uh, you know, you can just select like the chord and stuff and it will show you. Uh, but again, if you guys want a full breakdown, I highly suggest checking out that course. I constantly get five star reviews from that course. Again, I released it probably. Um, I'm, I'm recording this in December of 2019. I released that course. Um, I don't even know, maybe um, 2016, 2015 around there. In that time, like probably every single month I have about, you know, 20 students take that course. Uh, it brings me in, you know, a decent paycheck every month and I get amazing reviews off of it. And I'm really grateful because it's like, I've been able to provide this information about a piano from a beat maker's perspective, I guess, in such a simple way that these people are actually like, thank you. Like, you know, these YouTube tutorials, they're just not breaking it down, you know, from what we as a beat maker need to learn this piano. Because it's not as hard as what you really think it is. Um, again, you just have to understand what notes you're allowed to play uh, for that beat. Because again, you know, you don't have to always play in the same key and the same scale. Um, and one of the main reasons why you might want to choose a different key and scale is, you know, sometimes, like especially like more like in a church setting, a lot of times they change the key or the scale to more suit someone's voice so they can kind of reach those octaves uh you know those notes a little bit better here's the kind of little pro uh cool tip from again like a mixing uh perspective uh certain keys and scales allow you to hit nice bass lines whereas other ones they kind of go a little bit too low they can sound a little bit wobbly uh so you, you can kind of play around with the keys and the scales so that your bass line sits in a nice you know area where you can kind of still hear it on smaller speakers, but again, when it goes to like, you know, um, you know, sub and stuff like that, it sounds really nice and tight, uh, really nice and full. And one thing that I have liked to do over the years, something that I have found that's really helped me practice the piano is honestly just learning like one or two keys and scales and understanding them off by heart, being able to sit here on a piano and play 
because the biggest thing that you'll discover behind a piano is muscle memory. So what that means is being able to sit here and play the piano and you know what notes go together. You know what chords you're allowed to play. You can literally just sit at your piano and just improvise. Okay. It's all about muscle memory. And it's like, yeah, it's cool to, you know, understand all these different keys and scales and stuff like that. But at the same time, we also have technology now, which allows us to transpose uh, these notes within our music program if we do want to change key and scale. Okay. So again, as a beat maker, you don't have to be spending tons of time learning this piano from a classical perspective. Like, you know, again, you know, if you play like a metronome, a metronome is just something that literally just goes like, Okay? It just keeps the rhythm for you to follow with your keys. Now, I'm not saying a metronome is bad, okay? I'm just saying as a beat maker, you just want to focus your time on what's going to give you the best results so that you can move forward, okay? Because being a beat maker, it's not just about playing the piano. Once you're done composing your beat, you're on to the next stage of the mixing and the mastering. And these are all these different aspects that you have to learn as a beat maker. So by me breaking it down to the kind of this simple way for you to actually sit at a piano and improvise, it allows you to speed up that process and you can continually improve. When I first started uh, really understanding the piano, I practiced the piano every single day. And I even worked up north for a little bit, you know, since I'm an electrician, I uh, worked at a hospital up in the Yukon. And I actually bought a piano off of Amazon so I could practice every night still. Um, currently, I've been a little bit slower on the music side for myself. Just I've just been busy, you know, um, but still like I, I'm still practicing the piano. Like, you know, I'll, I'll still, I still will practice maybe once a week or whatever. Uh, just literally sitting down. I actually have a real piano. Um, it's nothing special. The reason why I say that is because it's kind of nice to play on like a real piano, uh, you know, away from like a MIDI keyboard and a computer. Uh, but if you don't have a real piano, like honestly, just open up FL keys or whatever piano plugin you have, load some reverb on, put some headphones on and just jam out for like, you know, five, 10 minutes. Do it, you know, twice a week until you start improving, you start getting better. Um, so there's a lot I have to say about a piano and um, I can guarantee I can get you up and running. I can get you improvising on a piano by the end of that course. Um, again, version two will be coming out here really soon because now I actually have two cameras. Okay. So I have a nice DSLR high, you know, a high quality camera on my face. And then I also have um, a camcorder above, which is, it's still, you know, uh, 1080p. It's a decent little uh, camcorder and that's going to be on the keys. In addition, I am also going to be getting uh, a little software. So I've already downloaded it. I've tried it out and it shows the keys I'm hitting. Okay. So you'll be able to see my face. You'll be able to see my hands play the keys. And you'll also be able to see the keys I'm pressing with this software because that is who I'm talking to, right? I'm talking to a music producer. I'm not talking to a classical piano player. There's so much information out there for a classical pianist or someone who wants to understand uh, the piano, uh, you know, to read sheet music and stuff like that. As a beat maker, you could make the best beat in the world and not understand how to read sheet music at all. Okay. So again, just, you know, check out the show notes here. Uh, the course is called Learn Piano for Beatmakers and Producers. Uh, I will be recording uh, this new piano course here soon. I don't have a timeline for when it's going to be released. And also I just released 
my audio interface course on my website. I have a little chat box. People always ask me questions and how to use a MIDI keyboard was one of the most popular questions people were asking me. So after I finished that course and released it, uh, I actually created this audio interface course just because, you know, just for kind of completeness for my membership. Again, to access the membership, it's either $10 a month or there's just a one-time lifetime payment. For those of you who don't know, there's also a private forum where you guys can you know, ask me any question you want about music production. I will answer you. I'm really, really active with, you know, with replying and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, or if you want to share your music for feedback or whatever, you guys can do that all inside the private forum uh, if you're a member. So check the show notes you know, check out Learn Piano for Beatmakers and Producers. It has tons and tons and tons of five-star reviews. It's so awesome reading them. Um, but if you have any questions about the piano or even questions about like the membership, whatever, just contact me, hi at itsgratuitous.com, and I'll reply back to you. So hopefully this kind of gave you a little insight to the piano by understanding to pick a key and a scale, and now you actually only have seven notes it's going to be a huge game changer for you. And then it's up to you to improvise with the notes and the chords within that key and scale. Okay. So hopefully it helps you out. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you had any questions, visit itsgratuitous.com slash podcast, select an episode and submit your question at the bottom of the page to the contact form. If you'd like to take my FL Studio courses, see my current studio and podcasting gear, read my books or are interested in lessons, visit the link itsgratuitous.com slash learning. That page will redirect you to more info and resources. I hope the best with your productions. I'm Gratuitous and I'll see you in the next episode.